0: that lines up with my doctrine. Well, you wait for that, you'll never get baptized. But we talked about uh, Matthew 28 this morning. Anyone turn these lights back on? Uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And like I said, these are verses that we're very familiar with. If you've uh, heard any uh, scripture at all, um, you're familiar with them. And I'm just going to quote them again this evening. And one of those is communion, which we celebrate once a month here. And when we celebrate communion, we uh, acknowledge that Jesus died. And before he died, he said, do this in remembrance of me. He said, when you take communion, this represents the blood that I've shed for you, for, for your sins. This is the, the my body, which is broken for you for remission of your sins. And so when we do this, he says, when you do this, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Now these are Jesus' words. Now no one has a problem with the fact that this is what Jesus said. And most everybody, I don't think I've ever heard anybody that has traditional communion that does it any differently. They usually quote Jesus' words that he spoke at his last supper. Why not? Why not use Jesus' words? If he told us to do this in remembrance of him, why not use the words that he used? So and the same thing applies to baptism. He gave two ordinances communion and baptism and right in this verse he told us how to do it so why is there so much confusion over how do we end up with all this well I'm going to get a couple verses and go into them and hopefully give you kind of as simplistic as I can I meant when I started thought I wanted to do this I had like about 20 pages of notes and I knew I wouldn't have enough time to get through all those so I went through and crossed out a lot I know and everybody said amen thank you Jesus So I'm only going to do a couple of examples. I could give you a lot more because there's a lot of examples in the Bible, but I'm not going to give those. I'm just going to give you a couple just so you can see the differences. In Acts 2.38, Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, some people believe that Peter was giving the formula here for baptism. Okay. Now we come to Acts 19.5, and it says, When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now wait a minute here. Now Paul's talking, and he says, now you've got to be baptized in the in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, we've got three formulas already, or if you want to call them formulas. So we think, well, man, are these discrepancies? Now, we as Christians know that everything in this Bible is true. And there are no discrepancies, there are no mistakes. So what why is there confusion about these verses? So I went through and I did a you know a lot of research on these, and I found out that In all three instances for the name is the Greek word Oma, Onoma, whatever, I'm I'm not very good with pronouncing Greek. It's all Greek to me, Well, it doesn't matter. But anyway, and it means authority. So if we go back to those verses and say, baptized in the authority of Jesus Christ, or in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, or in the authority of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now all of a sudden there isn't discrepancy. Because we want to we want it all about it's all about authority, isn't it? Now, if a police officer says to a thief that's running off after he's running broke into a house and running away, and the police officer yells, Stop in the name of the law, do we think that he's given a formula on how we're supposed to catch thieves? That's the way you catch thieves. You just say, Stop in the name of the law, and that does it. <laughs> No, he isn't given an authority. I mean, he isn't saying that's the formula that you use to catch runaway thieves. What he's saying is that I have the authority because the law has granted me the authority to arrest you and to chase you and tell you to stop because the law, the law has given me that authority. So now it makes a little bit of, you know, more sense there. Now, if Paul and them were given the, uh, a uh, formula... And Jesus gave us a formula. I mean, logically, whose formula are we going to listen to? If that was the scenario. I'm more inclined to listen to Jesus, number one. But we can see that there really wasn't a discrepancy there because the word for name is the same. uh, It's all about authority. So when they baptized in Jesus' name, they were saying that I'm baptizing you. I have the authority to baptize you. I have the authority given to me. Where did he get the authority? Well, he got the authority from Matthew where it said, Go, teach them, make disciples, and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's what they were saying. Uh, now, in Matthew 3, verses 13 to 17, we read these this morning. I'll read them again tonight. It said, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, because saying, "I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me." And Jesus, answering, said unto him, "Suffer it to be so now, for it thus will fill all righteousness." Then he suffered him, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went straight up out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. Now, just a little side note there. It doesn't say that a dove descended upon Jesus. it said, "Like a dove. Now, if you've ever seen a dove descending from the heavens down to land on something or whatever, that was what he was talking about. He was talking about the action of the dove descending, not a dove. I know we, have a, we represent the Holy Spirit as a dove because of this verse. But that's just a side note. It wasn't a dove. A dove didn't land on Jesus. You know, I don't think God wanted to get a dove anywhere near there. We all know what happens when, when birds fly overhead. <laughs> and that, that wouldn't have been pretty. So this was descending like a dove, and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now there's a group of people, that, that they call them the oneness people, and they believe that there's only Jesus. The, the father is, is Jesus, the son is Jesus, and the spirit is Jesus. And there's only one God, and we know that as Christians that there is only one God. But we also know that there's a trinity we can't understand. Well, I don't understand how it works. I just know that the Bible teaches it. And we have the full example of this when Jesus got baptized. We have the Father, and we have the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. All three present at the same place. Now, this the, the, the oneness people, they don't like this. Because then you ask them, if there's only Jesus, then who spoke from heaven? It, was Jesus a ventriloquist too? So they don't like some of these scriptures, but that's just kind of a side note. Now, as, as the Trinity was involved in Jesus' baptism, because they were all three there, they were all three present when Jesus got baptized, I believe that Jesus is telling us he wants us to acknowledge the Trinity at our baptism. Because they're Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one, one God. Three persons, one God. I don't understand, I don't claim to. When I get to heaven, I'll understand it. When he opens the darkness in this mind that I can't comprehend because of our, our limited understanding, I just take it by faith. And when I read this scripture, I see three of, all three of them there. And they all participated in Jesus' baptism. So I think that's good enough for me. In Matthew eleven twenty seven and 28, it said, And they come again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, there came to him the high priests and the scribes and the elders. And they said unto him, By what authority dost thou do these things? And who gave thee this authority to do these things? Where did you get the authority? Now back then, it was all about the authority. Who gave you the authority to do this? And I've even been asked that. I've been asked, who gave you the authority to preach? Who gave you the authority to teach? Who gave you the authority to baptize? Well, I go back to Matthew 28. <laughs> Matthew to 20, say Jesus did. When he left, he said, you go ahead and make disciples and you baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and then you give them the authority I gave to you. You pass it on to them to do the same thing. And that's where I got my authority from. So if somebody asks you where you got your authority, know those verses, (laughs) because it's right there, right out of the lips of Jesus. And like I said this morning, nobody disagrees that Jesus spoke those words. You can get some areas of the Bible, they'll say, well, these were found in an earlier document, manuscript, but they weren't found in the later manuscript. These, this is one of those verses that's in all of them. No matter which one you look at, it's in there. And I think it was an important one, so God made sure it was in there. But whatever's in here, I believe. And let's see, Matthew 16, 17, and 18, these are the, these are the two verses that I preached for six weeks on, for, for you, those that weren't here. <laughs> And it said, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, or in my authority, shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if any, they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Jesus gave us the authority as believers to do this. It's the authority that we have. Authority over demons. Authority over sickness and disease. It's authority that Jesus gave us because he had the authority. And he gave it to us as believers. In uh, Matthew 19 and 20, again, this is where we got the authority as believers right from Jesus. Now, Acts 19, 13 to 17 is an interesting story in the Bible. If you've never read it, here it is. It said, Then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took up on them to call over them, to call over them which are had evil spirits, and na- and name them... The Spirit's the name of the Lord Jesus. I'll get it in a minute. I just brush my teeth. I can't do a thing with my mouth. So we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew and a chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks, also dwelling at Ephesus, and the fear of them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. See, the sons of Sceva, they had the name down, they had the name, but see, they didn't have the authority. See, we think we just put the name of Jesus on something, and it's just like a genie rubbing a bottle. Gold. Gold. And that's what we think it is. We think we just attach Jesus' name to something it makes it so. But it isn't so. It isn't a magic word that we get to use. We have to have the authority to use it for whatever purpose we're using it for. They didn't have the authority to cast out demons. All they had was the name. But you've got to have the name and the authority. Otherwise, you're going to get beat up like a bunch of demons. And who knows what else. So that's a warning to people. You know, it isn't the name. It isn't a magic name that we just place on things to get what we want. Hey, God, I said Jesus, so give it to me. You know, we wave it around like it's just a magic word. And that isn't what, it, what God intended the name for. The name meant authority. And when we have the authority to do it, it works. When we don't have the authority, it doesn't work. And we can cry and we can scream and we can do just like the the Baal worship priests did in in Elijah's day and sit there and we can cut ourselves and we can do all kinds of things that we want to do. Cry it out to God. But if you don't have the authority, you're just speaking words. And Jesus gave us the authority to do these things. Matthew 28 says, "...and therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptize him in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit." And I believe this is the formula that God intended for us to use at baptism. This is the one that uh, I believe in, and I believe that I have enough evidence to, to support that in here. Now, Jesus wanted us to acknowledge the one true God, as revealed in three persons. He wanted us to acknowledge that. And which one of them isn't involved in salvation? Is the Father involved in our salvation? He sent the Son. And of course, Jesus, he was a sacrifice because he died on a cross for sin and we can say, Lord, forgive me, because of your sacrifice, I can be saved. But without the Holy Spirit, how are we going to get saved if the Holy Spirit doesn't call us? So all three of them are involved in our salvation. So why do we want to exclude them in our baptism? Doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, now in the name means into the possession, protection, and worship of, implies the person will be dedicated to and yielded to the control of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It recognizes all three of them as participant in our salvation. And when we're baptized, we identify with the Trinity. Whether we like it or not, or we believe it or not, if you don't believe it or not, then I don't know what you do with the scriptures. (laughs) I don't understand it, I don't claim to understand it. So the bat- phrase baptized in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, was basically used to distinguish it from other baptisms. See, they, baptism was very popular in Jesus' time. And everybody was baptizing. Everybody was baptizing. If you was a proselyte to a Jew, you had to be baptized into the Jewish religion. If you, and there were a lot of pagan uh, people that were baptizing in all kinds of different things. I don't know. I don't know them all, and it doesn't really make a lot of difference. So when they asked him, were you baptized in the name of Jesus? Were you baptized under a Christian baptism? That's what they were basically asking. Were you baptized? And they said, in one words, where's that scripture at? Let's see. Here we go. Acts 19.3, and it said, And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto him, John's baptism. Well, John's baptism. What was John's baptism? It was a baptism of repentance. And they were baptized looking forward to the death of Christ because Jesus hadn't died yet. So then, when they were baptized under repentance, they confessed their sins while they were standing in the tank or standing in the Jordan River. And they were confessing their sins. Well, I'm glad we don't have to do that tonight. I'm not going to ask anybody up here to confess their sins. I wouldn't want anybody to know mine. So we don't have to do that. But see, this isn't a baptism of repentance. This is a baptism saying that I've accepted Christ as my Savior, and when I'm being going down in the water, basically I'm dying to myself. I've turned my direction around, and I'm no longer serving myself. I'm dedicating my life to God. And so I die, basically. I'm basically signifying my death when I'm going under the water, and when I come up, I'm saying I'm living my life new and afresh unto Jesus. My life belongs to him now. I've turned around. I used to go over here. I used to live for myself. I used to do all these things, but now I'm going to live my life the way that I believe God wants me to live because he changed me. See, Jesus saves us and cleans us up from the inside out. Sometimes it's uh, some things we have to deal with. It's a struggle. I had struggled with some things when I first got saved that I had to break some habits. Other things, man, I just got rid of it just like that. Sometimes God does that. Sometimes he wants us to struggle with things because he wants us to make make us stronger. And you know as a weightlifter, if you want to be stronger and have those six-pack abs, uh, that ain't me. (laughs) I got blubber under here. (laughs) Then you've got to lift weights and you've got to do these things. But you don't start out with 50 pounds or 100 pounds. You start out with 10 pounds. And you start there and then pretty soon you work your way up. Well, that's what happens in, as Christians, too. I mean, some of us are we're so involved in the world and so involved in sin that God has to clean us up a little bit at a time. And He doesn't want to overwhelm us and say, "You have to quit doing." And we just sit there and look at all this stuff and we say, "God, I can't do this." And he says, "Yeah, I know you can't. That's why I'm here." So He helps us get through these, and He helps us get rid of all these things in our life that He doesn't want us to do. That's the way that he works. See, now, if you look at all these scriptures and all these verses in the New Testament about baptism and be baptized in the name of Jesus or in the name of the Lord Jesus, you'll see that they weren't talking to the people that were doing the baptizing. They were talking to believers. We'll say, what difference does that make? It makes a big difference. Because Jesus was talking to the people that was going to do the baptizing. Every other example is about to the believers. You be baptized. You be baptized according to the Christian baptism. That's the way you're supposed to be baptized. You don't get baptized as you, as a proselyte. You don't get baptized in any of these pagan rituals. You get baptized under the Christian baptism, which is, in Jesus' name, if you will, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I like the... Um, a. H.A. Ironside, now he's a well-known theologian, if you didn't know. I'm going to read his comments that he made about baptism because he says it really well. And he says it in a condensed form. And he stated, Baptism was said to be in the name of Jesus. I baptize you into the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And the name of Jesus was their authority to baptize, as in all the Christian activities we do. Just as when Jesus was baptized by John in Matthew 3, we find the Father involved speaking from heaven, the Holy Spirit coming down from heaven and resting on him. John taught and instructed and baptized toward the coming Savior. In Matthew 28, Jesus commissions the disciples to instruct and teach, make disciples, and baptize. He too then gives the same baptism that he had in which all three persons of God were involved. Should we not consider it a reminder of who God is, giving recognition to all three, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, are inseparable. The Godhead consists of three distinct persons, yet they work in complete unison at all times. One person of the Godhead is incapable of doing anything contrary to the will of the other two persons of the Godhead. What the Father wills, all three wills, though the Father, through the Father, would never do will anything contrary to Jesus nor the Holy Spirit. That is why the Bible's, says God is one. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. That's the formula that I believe that we should baptize, and that's, because I know that, you know, it's nice to know why you do certain things the way you do, and especially, maybe it isn't the way that you were taught, but I gave you my reasons for believing that this is the way I do it, and that's why I do it like that, and that's the way I'm going to be baptizing everybody that's going to be baptized tonight, because I believe that Jesus gave the formula for baptism. If you have any other questions about it, you know, see me later, and I'll do my best to answer them. I, had to do something that was kind of short just so you could understand it. Hopefully, I didn't confuse you too bad. Hopefully. So, now, if everybody that's going to be baptized, if you'd move forward, we're going to have some people that needs to go out and get changed for this before they can uh, be baptized. That way, we don't have to... uh,